always got to do a little unpacking to see what's going on. But I wanted to talk about this morning when we dig in. You can see the message up here. It says, the wise and the foolish. Now, how many people would like to say that they're wise? We'd like to say it, right? Come on, everybody can raise their hand. We'd like to say that. But sometimes, preaching to me first, right? We don't always choose the best, right? We don't always choose the best. But the good news is today that I think as we go through life, we can kind of look at the Word of God and, and look at that and let the Holy Spirit show us where we need to make adjustments and, and, and just evaluate our lives from God's perspective. I mean, you know, in this story that we're getting ready to talk about, I'm pretty sure that most of you guys have heard this before. It's in Matthew 7, really starting in about... Uh, chapter 7, starting around verse 21 or so. But this is where we're actually going to get to, okay? We're going to get to this verse here. And it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is coming straight off the, the heels of the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever preached. It's called a Sermon in the Mount. On the mount. And as he goes through, he shares all types of things. And one of the things I love as I was cutting through this, one day when we'll just start picking that apart and, and, and sharing that maybe a week at a time. But he talks about worry and he talks about judgment and he talks about all these things. And this is the end cap of, of his preaching. This is where he brings it home. And we're going to share a little bit with that. I'm going to read. And I just want you to think about this. This is how he brings it all together. But so many times when we look back through the Word of God, we see that Jesus loved to teach in parables. And a parable is something that Jesus will explain something in the natural to help us understand things in the supernatural, okay, in, in the heavenly realms. And so as we go through this, realize that when Jesus is sharing, this is a big story, even though it's in a little nutshell. It's going to apply to so many areas in our life, and I think it's going to be really interesting. I know that for us, many of y'all know online, I do a thing called Kingdom Minutes. In Kingdom Minutes, I usually do them on Mondays and Wednesdays, and there's usually just a, a, a short one to three minute sermon, if you want to say. To, to just encourage us and also to challenge us. Every week that we get together, I want to challenge us because it surely challenged me putting the, the message together. I always say I'm preaching to me first. I don't just say that as something just a little cliche. I'm preaching to me first because the, the word of the Lord should be tilling our heart soil so that we be ready for the seed of God's word to, to spring up great fruit, right? We want to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. And so anytime we can do that, I think it's a great idea. Also, like I said, you know, Tuesday night Bible study, we have an opportunity to that. If you're just coming on Sundays, thank you. But there's so much more than that. There's so much more because a personal relationship with the Lord is every day in every way. And that's what I hope that we see as we meet together. So I want to share a few things and, and just share how God has been just working in my life this week. And this is one of the things I see. The Lord is more concerned about your walk than he is your talk. Come on, somebody say amen there. Right? We could talk it all day long. But you know what? People really see what we believe in our actions. And the good news is sometimes we miss the mark. I'm preaching to me first, like I said. But the good news is God gives us an opportunity through his grace to turn back to him. So today, I pray if you feel like the Lord's showing you something in your life, did you need to make an adjustment? Man, let's make that adjustment. But the good news is this. God will take you right the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. So I want to share a few things as we go. I've got to unpack a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit of the scripture as we go along. I've got some things underlined, and then we'll go back through it. If you've got your Bibles, you can break them out. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 here. And it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it, has, it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rode, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had great authority and not as their teachers of the law. Let me tell you, when we open the word of God, it is our love letter to us from the creator. And we ought to give it some reverence and we ought to give it some, some lividity in our life. We ought to be grabbing hold of that like the very word of God is food for us. We know that is for our spirit. How many people have ever missed a meal or two? Notice I didn't raise my hand. <clears throat> I mean, I'm telling you, man, we go to lunch at 11 o'clock. If it's 11.05, I'm sweating. People are like bringing me a Twinkie and everything else, man. They're like, are you okay? How much more do we actually walk away and starve our spirit by not opening the Word of God? I'll get to it. Oh, I went to, I went to church last week. I don't need to go this week. Let me tell you what. It's not about the attendance. It's about our attentiveness to His Word. So I went back and we look at some of the underlying things. I said, here's one of the first things we've got. Anyone who hears the word of mine, right? Here it is. Everyone who hears the word has an opportunity. Look, you have an opportunity. People can hear it and listen to it and obey it or just walk away from it. We're going to see that throughout this whole story. And it says, look, it says, but the one who does puts it into action. He's the wise person. What is it that God's showing you in your life today, this week, right now, that he wants you to put feet to and step out. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's going. Maybe it's praying. Maybe it's forgiving. And I want to say this. Sometimes the first person we need to forgive is the one in the mirror. But forgiveness is there for us. Then he kind of flips the script a little bit. He goes back down and he says, Yet, you know, if, if you turn around and you hear this and you don't put it into action, he says you're like the guy that, that is foolish and built his house on sand. So we turn around there, we have a choice to put it in practice, but it says we're foolish. I don't want to be the sand man. I don't want to have a, a, a bad foundation. Our foundation is built on one and one person only, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we roll through here, something else I see. Everybody has storms. Both men have storms in their life. We all have storms in our life, and we're going to share a little bit about that. But here's the key. Preparation is the key. Preparation for the storm. I know for us, it's kind of funny, years ago, after we'd been through several storms and stuff, uh, how many people that live in Pocosin around here? Y'all know what I'm getting ready to say about this. We got to prepare, right? And we went to eat with a friend of mine. Justin was much younger then. and went to eat with a friend of mine. He lives over in Newport News. So all that day, we were lifting stuff up. That's kind of what we do around here, you know? It goes up a little higher. It goes up a little higher. You move the cars. That's what we do. It's kind of part of life. That's kind of what we do. So we went to eat with my buddy, and he asked Mr. Kevin, he said, Mr. Kevin, did you get everything put up at your house? He said, well, what are you talking about? See, he didn't understand where, where we live, we got to put things up. But let me tell you what, it still rained at Kevin's house, and it still rained at our house. But see, there's different things, preparation. And if you know you've got a situation that you need to prepare for, Sooner is better, amen? So a lot of times when we look at stuff, we'll say, I'll get to it later, I'll get to it later. But you know what? Preparation is the key. So what I hope today is that we grab a hold of some of Jesus' teaching and just move on from now. I'm going to break it out really in really three sections. So I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and kick it on in. Everybody doing good so far? So he talks about the man that's building this house, right? And I said, what about your house? 
Okay, well, it's much more than that. He's really saying, what about your life? Now, we can use it as a house. We could talk about our life. It could be our family. It could be our ministry. But all these are going to apply. So when Jesus talks about this, he's referring to our life. And I know that. How many homeowners we got here today? Right? How many people know that we often need a little maintenance on the home front? There we go. Got three hands over here. Got a foot over there. It takes it, doesn't it? So how much more would it take in our relationships? I mean, you know you got to weed eat. You know you got to do different things. You know you got to paint. You got to do different things to keep that place in good operational shape. But when it comes to relationships, sometimes we think it's on autopilot. I want to encourage anybody that's, that's thinking about getting married or anything. It's not autopilot. Anybody that's been married any time, uh, length of time, if you thought it was uh, autopilot, you know by now it's not autopilot, right? You've got to spend some time in those relationships. It's the same with the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we roll in here, I'm picking up some speed here. What about your life? What is your life built on? Let's talk about that a little bit. When I think about storms and things, I think about, I believe it was 2003 when we had Isabel come through. Am I right on the date? I think it's 2003. I remember that there was a lot of preparation. I remember that they had the uh, fire department coming around, and that was probably the eeriest thing that I've ever seen in my life since I lived here. Get out. Go to higher ground. We're not coming back. Now, they might not have said it in that, that exact word, but that was the message. You need to go to higher ground. This is what's going on. And so at that point, we're going, this thing's getting real, right? The storm's coming. Let me tell you what. This message is going to be one that really challenges us, and I think we'll be encouraged. But guess what? We're going to step on some toes to get there, all right? Because it's the truth. If you're not in a storm in your life right now, you probably will get to one. I heard somebody say one time, I think I preached on it a couple of weeks ago, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or getting ready to go into a storm. That sounds pretty depressing, but when you know Jesus and you have the joy of Christ in your life, it's okay. He's the lifesaver. He's the one that's going to sustain us. He's the one that's going to get us through. He's the one that is there for us. So as we look through that, I can think about Isabel and what happened in a few short hours took years to rebuild. And some things are still not good. And I think about when we went back and we started seeing the rebuilding. You guys can see it now. The foundation was usually the first thing that people went into. They start building that foundation back. They started putting better bricks in and higher bricks and getting prepared just in case that storm was going to come back. It's been a while since we've had one. And I pray that it's a long time before we ever do have one. However... Many of us have prepared in case a storm comes back. Let's take that into physical, just like Jesus is saying, and, and flip it over to the supernatural. What about the bad doctor report? What about the job that didn't come through? What about the child that, that's, that's wayward? What about those things? What about the relationships that are up and down? Have you built your foundation on that of Christ? Just because we have the foundation does not mean that, that water never comes down on us. The, the, the Bible says that the, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, you know. And so the thing is, the preparation. 
And I look back, it took time. I, picture, I see pictures of the storm and things like that. And I think about, I bet you if I say Isabel, for those that lived here and lived close by, when you say that, you can remember where you were. You can remember what you were doing. You can remember the power being out. You can remember, one of the things I remember on a good note, man, we never ate so good in my neighborhood. Because everybody's refrigerator was messed up, so we were just putting it all on the grill, man. Woo, bring it all, bring it all, you know. Also, I remember this. I spent more valuable time with my neighbors then than I did years before and even years after. Isn't that saying something right there? It didn't matter what they drove or what they had, where they worked, what was going on. I feel like most people that I saw were willing to help. Were willing to help. Now, I heard different stories. There was people that come in and take money from folks, say they're going to fix it and leave. You'll have that. But I'm going to tell you, most folks, what was already was in here was played out in here. That's a beautiful thing. Not that we want to go through that to see that. But you know what? There's opportunities every day that even before the storm hits that we can be prepared and share what God's doing in our life. So we look at this thing and say, man, you know what? There's always a storm coming. Somebody's always going through a storm. One of my friends said, well, you know, I got this going on. And I got a very close friend that had a, had a lot of things happen in his life. He told me the other day, he said, but you know what I do? I just keep looking around. I look up and I look around. I look up and I look around. I said, yeah. And he says, there's always somebody else going through a little bit worse storm than I am. So what that does, it sets his perspective going, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving forward. And that's what we look at in life. I'm not here to tell you today, what you hear a lot of times for a lot of things, maybe on TV, man, God loves you. Everything's going to be all right. Woo, it's great. Life has ups and downs. It has bumps, bruises, and setbacks. I'm just being real about this thing. But the peace that passes all understanding is found in the personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason I'm reminding us of this today is because you know what? Times change and things are going all the time. Look at what, just flip on the news. Now, we might not have a physical storm with rain and typhoons and everything else where there's a lot of places in the world. But I'm going to tell you what. Click on the news. There's a storm, man. Politically, nobody can play nice. The things that are coming down and being changed in laws and stuff is stuff that I guarantee our grandparents are rolling over in their grave. You would never even think of stuff. Let me tell you how fast things change. I don't get to watch a whole lot of TV. Um, but we had come across something that's an old TV show, and we started watching, and I thought it was pretty good. Me and Denise watched the first two seasons. And I noticed when we went to the last season, the third season, they had took a little break. And so we're watching this. We had watched it, you know, in our spare time. By the time we got to the third season, it had changed. And I said, Jess, what's the deal with this? He said, oh, yeah, this, I think they got taken over by another network or they did some stuff like that. I had to stop watching it. The scenes that they put in there that they didn't need to put in there, they'd had just as much emphasis on what's going on. The language. The auto, and I'm going, I'm not going to support that. But see, what I think sometimes is the world looks at that and says, man, that's just too la di da di We need to spice it up. I don't need any spicing up. I got all the spice I need in the Word of God, right? You can shake that and pepper that over anything you do in your life, and I guarantee you, 
it's going to help the taste and it's going to help it go down where you can learn from it, glean from it, and share that in a positive way. And I just thought, wow, look where we're at. I've never seen, and I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of political stuff, but I've never seen stuff on TV like I have now when I just click through there. That's probably why I don't watch that much TV. I think it's good to be aware, but not overwhelmed. And you know how come I don't get overwhelmed? Because I know Jesus is coming back. I know that Jesus is in charge. I know that I'm going to do my very best, and I missed the mark. I'm going to try to do my very best to build my house, my family, our ministry, and my life on the foundation of Christ. Amen. How about you? Let's keep on rolling. So how do you prepare? How do you prepare? It's just not for the storms, but this is the thing. What about how do you prepare for eternity? I said this other day, and, and it's been going around in my heart back and forth. I do a lot of funerals. And something that really blows my mind is this. I think the average person thinks that we default to heaven. That blows me away. We don't default to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven, but you have to receive from Jesus Christ the sacrifice of Christ in your life and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he sets you in the family. Good guys are not going to heaven. Rich folks aren't going to heaven because of that, you know, on that own merit. The only way that we are guaranteed through God's word to get to heaven is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Only one way. Aren't you glad that it's one way? John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I like it when he's direct. But the world says, well, isn't that kind of narrow? Well, the Lord speaks of that too. He says, hey, my way is narrow. See, people just think they're going to come any old way, and guess what? They're wrong. Can you actually say that now? Can you actually say somebody's wrong without getting sued? You know? But I ask people all the time, I said, well, why do you believe what you believe? That's just the way I think. That's just the way I feel. And then I said, well, isn't that how Hitler operated? That's what he thought. That's what he felt. How'd that work out? You know? But see, when you bring some, some reality into it, they go, whoa, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm preaching the word the best I know how because I want you to know. I want you to be prepared. I want your house to be built on the rock, not the sand. Because guess what? Time is rolling. The Lord has been flipping this over in my spirit more and more and more. Urgency. He's coming back. He's coming back. Now, whether that comes in my lifetime or your grandchildren's lifetime, whatever it is, it's fast. Time is moving by. I remember when I said this before, you know, at Christmas time, you thought you was going to get a bicycle and you didn't. They said, well, maybe next year. And you go, next year, next year. Oh, man, you're rolling on the floor and everything because you're just a spoiled little brat, right? I was the only one. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Next year, you know. Now you say next year. It's like, yeah, okay. My grandma my granddad used to try to tell me. He said, boy, and my granddad, he'd really get into it. He said, son, let me tell you. A year seems like a month. Month seems like weeks. He'd go all, I was getting right down to the daggone seconds. My grandma said, he got it, Clyde. He got it. <laughs> I said, granddaddy, we're preaching it, boy. He said, it just goes fast, son. It goes fast. But in that time, how are we preparing? You have opportunity to prepare today. But not just prepare only on Sundays for some day, but prepare today for eternity. 
That's what I want you to do. Let's get eternity in our heart. So the Lord tells us, look, man, let's, have, let's be eternal-minded, you know? It, do you ever think about that? Does that concern you, you know? Does that concern you about eternity? Look at this. If it does, I can give you some, some joy here, just like I said when I first started out. Hey, look, build upon the rock, Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. Everything is built on that of Christ. Anything else ain't going to make it, guys. But that's good news because it's not your performance. I'm, I'm telling you this ahead of time because my next slide, I don't want anybody, I don't want to lose anybody. We are saved. That means that we are rescued out of our sin and redeemed by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us have sin in our life. Amen? Has anybody, anybody got a problem with that? I think we all could say that, right? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? We can just say that and move on. No, no. Our sin causes God to go, oh, he can't be around sin. But he loved each and every one of us so much. And we could not, there was a debt to be paid. Somebody had to pay, the law was broken, and the debt had to be paid. Or God wouldn't be God. So God says, I love you so much that I'll come and I'll take the punishment. You know what's amazing? How many people got crosses around their neck? Tattoo, whatever. We got a lot of them. I, I had one, but I must have slept wrong last night. It come off my neck. But I used to have it on. 2,000 years ago, you wouldn't see somebody with a cross around their neck. I, I think it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna, let's just give me a little leeway. The cross was the crudest, rudest, most torturous way of killing somebody. Basically, what would happen would, they would nail them, and they would nail them through here with about a nine-inch nail and put them on the cross. If you do it here, it'll pull through your hand. They do it here. And they would nail your feet. And basically, what would happen to you, you would suffocate. So what would happen is, as you're struggling, you would kick down like that and go, <sighs> The Bible talks about, this is how awesome the Bible is. It talks about early in Genesis. I don't have it pulled up. I think it's about Genesis 3, but it's in Genesis. He says that you know what, that you will bruise his heel, but you would crush the serpent's head. What does that mean? Who's the serpent? The enemy, right? Who's the anointed one? Jesus. His heel. He was on the cross. He crushed the head. Of the enemy so that we can overcome life. Pointing to the prize. It's pointing to the cross. That's an early mosaic, what I want to say, prophecy to show us. And there's many, many, many. If y'all want to go through the book of Isaiah, you'll see many there and Psalms and things like that. But that's just a side note. The reason I want to tell you this, I asked about the crosses. That would be equivalent for somebody wearing a cross around their neck then as us wearing an electric chair around our neck. Can you imagine that? Oh, I like that piece of jewelry. What'd you get me, babe? I got one with an electric chair on it. <laughs> Not good. But because of the cross and because of Sunday, see, Friday, that cross was looking rough. All our sin, my sin, your sin, was heaped upon the Savior. He was beaten, spit on, whipped And he died for us. That was the cost of our sin. When we start realizing the cost of our sin, it'll help us to not choose sin. You ready for the good news now, right? 
See, the good news was the grave couldn't hold the promise. Jesus was the promise. On the third day, he rose and conquered death for us. Now when we put our faith and trust in that act, that one deal, the cross plus nothing, we know that we're secure because the debt has been paid. Jesus is risen. He's sitting on the right-hand side of God. Somebody say amen. And he's interceding for us each and every day because he said, you know what? You're worth it. Now, if you ever think that you're not worth it, you looked at that cross. The reason I have a cross necklace is not because, oh, this, that, and everything else. It reminds me of this, that Jesus died for my sin. It reminds me of this, that you know what? Because of the cross, because of what he's done, I got peace with God, that I have my life built on the foundation of the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you going to heaven, buddy? You better believe it. Why? Because you're a nice guy? Nope. Because you're a preacher? Nope. A matter of fact... The Bible says not many of you should, should desire to be a preacher or a teacher because guess what? I'm going to be held at a different standard. And we're going to talk about judgment day in a minute. So that's why I spend so much time. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I want to share it with you the best I can because I want you to hear the truth. And guess what? I'm going to be the guy that's accountable for that. So I don't just willy-nilly through here and all this. I pray and I go, Lord, what is it that you want them to see today? What is it that we need to, to adjust? What I need to adjust in my life? Because I want to continue to serve you well. Look at this. The next thing here, we go back. And it says, the rain came down. This is verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. There's many people here and there's many people that's probably listening that they have had storms in their life. Since I've been a pastor for the last 21 years being in ministry, I have sat down with people that have had some storms in their life. And I've sat down with people that have had their life built on the rock. And to see how God carries them through. Is it still painful? Absolutely. Did they still suffer loss? Absolutely. But there's that deep-rooted joy because their foundation is there. And there's one day, guess what? All this is just moving fast, man. Moving fast. If we live 80 years, it's clipping off. If we live 100 years, it's clipping off. But look at that up against the backdrop of eternity. We got to get it right, man. We got to get it right, and we got to get it right right now. And Jesus tells us in this little parable how to get it right. Build your house on the rock. Build your life on the rock. Who is the rock? The Lord Jesus Christ. By putting our faith and trust in him. We make it hard. But look what happens when you don't. Look what happens when you don't. Everybody doing good so far? He says we're like the foolish builder. I got two stories that I heard this week I want to share with you. And I think that will really help paint a picture. I heard a story this week that this guy had a house and he'd been living there for quite a while and he maintained his house real well and he thought it was really nice and everything. And he got up one morning and he saw a crack in the plaster in his bedroom. He said, my goodness, what in the world's wrong with that? So he called a painter. The painter come over and said, oh yeah, I can fix that. They cut it out and they did this and he patched it and patched this and all that. And the guy put it back there and he, he did all the painting and shimmed it all up and said, man, give me the money. I'm ready to go. It looked good. Everybody's lovey-dovey for a season. A few months went by and the guy jumped back up. He said, the crack came back. Is this guy doing substandard work? What's going on? He calls the guy and says, hey, look, man, you got to fix this crack. He said, I don't understand. He went back, repatched, repainted, recovered everything else. He got about three months this time. 
And the crack came back with their brothers, cousins, and everything else. There was cracks everywhere. He said, I ain't calling that guy no more. So he called around. And he got a hold of somebody. He says, hey, look, you're supposed to be the best in this business. When can you come? He said, I'll be there next week. The guy comes, and he looks at that. He looks all over. He's looking here. He's looking there. And the guy's like, man, this guy must really know what he's doing. He looks and looks and looks. He said, well, what do you think? He said, sir, I can't help you. <laughs> he said, well I, well, I don't understand. He said, sir, I can't help you. He said, I thought you were the specialist on it. He said, oh, I am. He said, your problem's not with the wall. Your problem's with your foundation. Somebody say amen. You see where I'm going now. He said, your foundation of your home is shifting. This is going to continue till you get the foundation right. Somebody say amen. Is your foundation right? Wow, we need to check our foundation. Let me just roll into one more story here about foundations. There was a developer, and he had two master builders that he went to, two different guys. And he says, hey, look, I've got this property out here. I'd like you to go ahead and build the best house you guys can build. Each one of you, you build one, you build one. He said, uh, got a good budget. <clears throat> I don't need to have any receipts or anything. I'm going to trust you at your word. I'd like you to build two wonderful homes. The first guy said, man, this is great. He went out and he got the best block he could get. He went out and he looked at the budget and everything else. And he, looked, he got the best foundation and this and that and, and, and the best sheetrock and the paint and the best everything and wired it a certain way. He just wanted it to be good. He wanted to do his due diligence. He wanted to be about the business. He wanted to say, hey, look, look, this house is going to be built the best of my ability. The second guy said, he ain't going to keep no receipts. I can pocket a little money on this deal. So he built the house, substandard stuff, dug this a little lighter, put this a little heavier, got the cheapest thing he could here and everything else. And on the day they were finished, both houses to the eye looked beautiful. I mean, it really looked good. And we turn around, and so the developer brings the keys out, and he says, you know what? That house is for you to live in, and that house is for you to live in. Well, the first guy that had taken all the time, he was ecstatic. Woo! Because he knew what he got. He knew what he had put into it. He knew on that day right there. Now, he didn't know he was getting the house, right? But he knew what was in that house. He knew how he had served. He knew what he had done. He knew that it was quality. He did the best he could. He was a master builder. And he did the best he could to build the house. It's yours. Oh, but bachelor number two, he wasn't too happy. Matter of fact, he was irate. You should have told me. This is not fair. And he said something. Had I known this is how it was going to be in the end, I would have done it differently. Y'all see where I'm going with this? So it will be on the day of judgment when we stand before the Lord. I want to make sure y'all hear what I'm saying. We are not saved by works. We are not saved by giving. We are not saved by building. We are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There will be a day of judgment for everyone. The Bible tells us that. That we will stand and give account of our life. Okay? Our sin is not going to be the deal, but our service will be the deal. I don't want to lose anybody here. We're not talking about works, our way to heaven. However, we will give account of the gifting that God gives. How did you use that? The Bible talks about that we will get crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus. We've talked about this on some of the other servants uh, that we had. So I'm just going to 
going to use that for just a minute. Let's not be foolish about the buildings. Our lives. Look at this. The foolish building. I said, don't just build for today. That builder, number two, he was building for today. In and out. Make the money, pocket the money, let's go. Some people walk into church, I'm here, check the box, let's just go. Okay, I'm going to give whatever, I'm gone, let's go. I said a prayer, let's go. You see the difference? They're not thinking about that day. That day's coming, man. That day's coming that we'll give an account. Not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare us. Makes a difference. How you practice is how you will play. I know that from the band. I know that from karate. I know that from baseball. That's why you go over it again, and that's why you hit it again. That's why you pitch and you go. That's why you go through all the katas. That's why you play the song again. Play the song again. Play the song again. Because you know what? You want to get it down. You want to have it the best you can be. Because on that day, you want to give it your best. You know? But many of us, and I'm talking to me first, for 30 years, this was never even, this wasn't even in my cue. I can't even tell you why. It wasn't that I didn't think there was God. I just didn't make no room for him in my life. Now, if things got bad, I'd, I'd scream up at the ceiling, help me, help me. I didn't know about the cross. I didn't understand it if I did. But man, today I did. Things started to change in my life. Guess what? Because of that day, I'm still learning today. Because of that day, I think, Lord, I would never choose me to have the privilege to do what I do. But guess what? God says, I'll use you. And that's the same for each one sitting here, each one online. If you listen to this a year from now, it's the same. Because God has placed something in each one of us to further the kingdom of God. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is my gift? How will you use me? If you're a cake baker, bake cakes for Jesus. You know, if you got a good ear, listen for Jesus. If you got time to pray and that's something that you're just a prayer warrior, pray for people, for Jesus. Pray that souls will be converted. You know, it could be numerous of things, but we need to be eternal minded. Don't just build for today. Makes me think of this just in a real natural term. When I was about 18, 19 years old, started on my job, I remember the guy say, look, son, you got to start a 401k. Well, it was an IRA at the time. But it's going to take $100. I ain't got $100. I'm 18. <laughs> and one of my friends said, son, you got, you got, I don't care what it is. Skip a pizza. Put half the gas money in your car and the rest in there. You got to do this now because later on, you're going to thank me for this. And so I scraped up a, a hundred bucks. I never forget it when the Langley Federal Credit Union, this is back in the old days that they actually gave you something. I got like a cheese slicer. There you go. But I was on my way. But I didn't follow through. See? If I'd have kept that $20 a week going in there, $5 a week in there, might have looked different today. But you live and learn. That's what I tell my kids. Hey, my dad used to tell me all the time. Son, you got to pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. And then you got to say, you say, pay the Lord first. Then you pay, pay yourself first, you know. Give it to the Lord. I use that analogy with money because you can really think about it, especially as we get closer to retirement. We start going, man, I wish I'd have put more back. 
man, the time's running out. The sand's running out, right? You know, here I'm going to be X, X, you know, number age or whatever. And then sometimes when you look at different things, you're thinking, they look at all this computer stuff and you go, you know what? You're probably going to outlive your money. Wow. So what do you hope for? To choke out first? No. You know, you start thinking, all these things are going through your mind. You know, so, so you look at that. Now, if we get all wrapped up about that while we're here, and we live to 80 years old or whatever, 100 years old, how much more should we be concerned about the preparation for all eternity? That's where I was going with this. How much more should we be concerned about the preparation of our hearts, our calling, our purpose for the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, well, I don't know what that is. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Don't take shortcuts. Spend time with God, and he'll show you what it is. Amen? So my next thing is don't take, take shortcuts. I said this earlier. I'm going to re repeat it. How you play is how you'll play. Once you set something in motion and, you, and you're diligent about it, you watch out. I just popped up here. I looked at Jess. All right? Not picking on him because he's my boy, but I he can't do nothing about it. <laughs> I don't know. He probably whipped me. He takes working out and doing what he does real serious. I, he did not get that from me. Okay? Y'all can laugh if you want to, but it's true. So he goes in with the battle plan. He already figures what he's going to eat for the day. He already figures what he's going to do for the week. He already figures what he's going to do for the gym. All these different things. It's set in motion. And so guess what? He's already made the decision. So all he has to do is manage it. The problem is, we try to make the decision on the fly. We try to make the decision when we're looking at the bunk cake. It's not going to happen, man. Next week. Tomorrow. Lasagna, yes, please. Yes, you know, all those things. And I use that, and you say, well, because we can get our minds wrapped around that. Can we get our mind wrapped around this? Can we get our minds wrapped around, guess what? I'm going to serve the Lord today. I'm going to live for the Lord today. I've already made up my mind when I woke up, I'm going to live for the Lord today. Lord, use me in any way that you can to get this message out today. Lord, you know what? It's about you. If it's just one person that's listening, one person here that gives their life to the Lord today, whoa, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be something? Else? If it's somebody that just got reassured today, if it's just somebody that says, you know what, buddy, I'm going to prepare better now because of this message. Wow, great. Not buddy, yay, God, yay. Amen? It's about the deal. Then we have been about the Lord's business. We're looking at things eternally. We're putting things together on here. So here's something else. We kind of glimpsed on it a little bit. I said, don't undermine the day of judgment. He said, man, buddy, you, you're getting all serious and everything. Yes, we are. Because here's the thing. I want to share a few things. I even wrote this down so I get my thoughts out. Judgment day is the day of God's final, ultimate judgment on sinful mankind. There are a number of passages in Scripture that refer to this on final judgment. After the death, at the end of time, everyone will stand before God, and he will render his final judgment on our lives. Wow. What do you think about that? Well, we got some more coming. This is not to scare us. This is to prepare us. If you've got a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today, rest in that. But live out of that. So on that day, can you imagine? I don't know exactly how it's going to be. I would hate to think that I get there and stand before the Lord. And like I said, I don't know exactly how to be. He said, buddy, I was going to use you to reach people all around the world. But you lived in a comfort zone. Where are all those souls? I don't want to answer for that. 
That doesn't mean I won't go to heaven. But he says in his word that, that our, all our works will be tested by flame. Some will burn up like hay, wood, and stubble. You just have ashes. And others that were done with the right motive and the right heart. Just like when you take and you see them heat gold, there's a draw, so you draw that off, and it just shines. And he talks about the different crowns that we'll receive. Soul winner's crown, enduring crown. There's a lot of them. I don't have them up here today. I'm just kind of wanting to hit this a little bit. And it's not the crowns that we receive for us to look good. It's the crowns that we get to receive to cast at the feet of Jesus. I don't want to come up there and empty the ashtray for Jesus. Okay? Please don't miss what I'm saying here. It's about a relationship with the Lord, period, on that. But I want us to finish big. I want us to, to not waste the time that God's given us just on willy-nilly stuff. I've said this before. I've sat with many a people, unfortunately, but fortunately, that are going to leave this place. This week, I was really thinking about that. I was really thinking about that. And I was going back through my iPad. And I pulled up some stuff when I was sitting with a friend of mine. And I might have shared this before, but this has been going on. And I said, man, what are you thinking? I said, can I record this? Because I never want to forget what you're going to tell me. Please do. And I listened to what my friend was saying, gasping for air, worried about everybody else but himself. He said, buddy, they got to know. He says, I know I'm securing Christ. I know I'm going to heaven. But man, there was so much more I could have done. There's so many more people I could have reached. Man, on that day, I pray each one of us said, man, because of that man on his dying bed and me sharing that message with you, that's not going to be us. And this guy had impacted a lot of lives for Christ. Matter of fact, he still is. But his heart was for more to know about Jesus. Is your heart for, for that? Is your heart about other people knowing Jesus? Or is it just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm in. Hey, you know what? I don't want to get in anybody's way. I don't want to turn around and, and, you know, be pushy. I'll give you an analogy. If we were sitting right here now and looked across the street, and we saw flames coming out of that building over there, smoke barrel, and got a parking lot full, would you go over there and just go, excuse me, I noticed there are a few flames coming out of your house. And I'm just curious. I mean, you'd probably be more comfortable over in our building. We can call the fire department, maybe get you a hot dog or something. Would you be doing, you said, what are you, crazy? Or would you go over there and you bang on the window and you're trying to pull them out and say, man, look, it's on fire. You've got to go. Come on. We've got to get out of there. The structure's coming down. Please, come on. Is there anybody else in there? Is there anybody else in there? Where's the kids? What's going on? What can we do? Is there gasoline in the back? What's going on? We've got to get you out. We've got to get you out. Urgency. That's just a fire. What about the fiery pit of hell? That never stops. What about that? Eternal. 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 Man, we got to get eternally minded. You say, man, buddy, thanks for all the depression today. No, it ought to be encouraging today. Because today you have a chance to make a change. Today you have a chance to turn around and say, I'm not taking shortcuts. I know Judgment Day is coming, and I know where my house is built. But you know what? Look at this. But everyone who hears, hear that? We hear a lot of stuff, don't we? 
the word of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. You can hear this message today, but unless you put it into practice, you're that guy. You're that gal. If we don't allow the word of God to transform our hearts and we keep our hearts hardened, this is what we get. This is what we get. It's pretty straightforward. Remember I said it was the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived, Jesus. And this is how he brings it home. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Build on my precepts. Build on my word. Build on my promises. Look at this. The rain came down. The rain's going to come. The storm's going to come. It might not be rain. It might be sickness. It might be death. It might be money. It might be relationships. All those things are going to happen. And even if we got out pretty easy through here, judgment day is still coming. So how do you live today? Do you live today like it's your last day? You say, well, I, I don't What do you mean? Dude, what do you mean? Do you live at the end of the day? I've done this a lot in my life. And there's things to adjust in my life. When I lay down at night, that's what takes me a minute. I start processing today. Did I do what God wanted me to do? And guess what? Time I go through my day and I get to about 10 o'clock and go, well, that wasn't good. <laughs> right? I have to be like, well, that was, well, you know, okay, I'm not saying, oh, buddy's got it all down. But I think about that. And I go, Lord, forgive me for the places that I missed tomorrow. But Lord, help my eyes to see what you want me to do tomorrow. If you bless me with another day. Lord, help me to see. There's times I get up, sometimes I make phone calls. Sometimes I get up, sometimes I write things down in the middle of the night. Sometimes I turn around and go, wow, Denise is like, what's wrong? I said, I just feel like there was more to live today. Thomas, y'all heard him say, Dad, Pops, you got to slow down. Pops, you got to slow down. What he doesn't understand, this gives me life. I can't slow down. I don't want to slow down. Because there'll be a day that I slow down. And when I look back, I want to say, man, I did as much as I could, as long as I could, for as many as I could, because that's my heart. What's your heart? I pray that it's reaching people for Jesus. I'm going to bring this home right here. Time of reflection here. Look at this. This is what happens in our life. I said sin and indifference in this life rob us from our present desire of serving the Lord. That in turn means a lot of reward, loss of rewards because we will not have used our time for his glory. Are we using our time for his glory? See, if I get up there and play guitar and go, woo, yeah, yeah, and it's all about buddy, all about God, guess what? When I go before the Lord, hay, stubble, ashes. But you know what? If we're leading worship in my heart is, Lord, let them see you. Hide me behind the cross. If I'm preaching and say, Lord, I want it to be about you. That's my heart. And when I leave this place, not just in here, when I leave this place and I go get something to eat and I hold the door for somebody or somebody's coming up, don't have the change and I got the money and I can pay for it or whatever. Or maybe just calling somebody, letting them know that we've been prayed for today about the people that are on the road. We've been praying for you guys today. For those that don't know the Lord, we're praying for you today. It doesn't just happen in the hour that we're here together. It should happen in every breath that we take because that is a blessing from the Lord. Look at this. Sin and indifference result in this. Loss of power in our lives because sin grieves the Holy Spirit. 
we all sin. The problem with that is this. When we keep sinning and it doesn't tug on our heart, guess what? That small voice gets a little smaller and smaller, still voice. And we, think, we just start thinking, well, it must be okay. Are you listening to that nudge? You know what to do. I know what to do, but we choose to do what we want to do many times. God says, come back. Turn, come back. That's the great thing about repentance. We agree with God. We turn from our sin and turn back to God. And guess what? It's all the time. It's all the time. But you know what? I want to live a life of power. Not like manpower, ruling it over somebody. But the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes things in people. It changes the way I look at things, the changes the way I give to things, the way I serve, the way I respond to people, the way I respond to my wife, the way I respond to my kids, everything. So we got to get this foundation down because everything grows out of that foundation. Everything is built upon that foundation. And I'm going to tell you something that just popped in my mind. I shared it before. Watch the company you keep. I'm not telling you don't, don't go places and share the, the, the gospel. I'm telling you that. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're not careful, You'll drift, and you'll drift, and you'll drift, and you'll drift. And you say, how in the world did I get here? One of the things I've said many times, I said, sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It can come in a drop at a time. Next thing you know, you're covered up in it. But Jesus came to break the shackles and set us back in the family. You can turn. You can run to him. We can come back and say, Lord, please help me in this area. Look at this. Sin and indifference can cause us this. Cause us to pass up opportunities for service, which would have otherwise been involved in a reward for us. To throw at the feet of Jesus. You think about that. I talk to other pastors, different things. You know, we get together and we talk about different things. And one of the things always comes up about church attendance and everything else, you know, all that, right? And uh, one of the things that I've seen is this. I know people got stuff going and different things like that. I'm just saying that's a rule. Has this ever happened to you? If you miss one week, it's easy to miss two. And if you miss two, well, I'll get back with you later on. All right? I know things come up. This is not about church attendance. It's about heart condition. Right? Don't miss out on what God's got for you. I don't know about you, but I need this every day. Every day. I need to be in this word, man. I need to be cutting through here. I need to be thinking, Lord, what do you think about this? You know, I'm looking this over here, and, and it's opened up. My Bible's opened up to chapter 7, but I look back over here, and, and, and I love this too. It's in chapter 6. It says, do not worry. This is the extra. This is, this is added, no cost, okay? Just throwing that out there. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and more than body and more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Wow. Can anyone of you, uh, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So when you leave here, don't worry about where you missed it yesterday. Don't worry about anything else. Start fresh. Build on that foundation. Build on that foundation and run with it, man. Because the Lord has got something for us. The last one. I think I already read it off my sheet. There it is. But talk about the rewards. But this is what I want to get to. Look at this. Having the right foundation. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, 
I will liken him as a wise man who built his house on a rock. The words of Jesus are as solid as a rock, immovable, unchangeable. I like this, eternal. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Those who build their life on his words will not be moved. Amen, amen and amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you today, I thank you, Lord, that today's message, I pray that it falls on hearts that are encouraged by the Lord. I pray that today that the Lord will just open our hearts to hear this and he will open our hearts that we can turn around and reach in and receive this. Today's message was about preparation. Today's message is about returning to God. Today's message is about building on the rock of Jesus Christ. You say, well, buddy, I got my house up, but there's a few things going on. Well, you know what? And we're talking about house interchangeable with your life. While you're still breathing, you got a chance to turn it around. So let's turn it around. If you're here today, the biggest decision that you could ever make, the first decision that you need to make, is to come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is one way to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus said he's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And through these, these teachings and through your word, Lord, I ask you to pull those hearts, draw them close to you. So if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, make that decision today. You say, buddy, what must I do to be saved? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. Not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm not talking about checking a box. I'm talking about if you're here today and you don't know for sure that you took your last breath that you would go to heaven, I want you to listen to me close and listen to me good. You can know because Jesus Christ died for your sin and my sin. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God in sin. We've got to make that personal. We can't come to God with sin and we can't pay the sin debt that was needed. That's why Jesus Christ came and lived a life that was sinless and died on the cross for our punishment. It's called the great exchange by many people. He, he laid down his righteousness and picked up our sin so that we can lay down our sin and pick up his righteousness. Today, call on the name of Jesus. Today, turn back to him. Today, rest in knowing that your life and your home and your family and your ministry is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you're listening today and got any questions, please tune in and uh, drop us a line. Today is the day of salvation. Call on the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Give it a <laughs>